Welcome to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 27 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And this is the fourth installment of our positional rankings. Last time we talked about the receivers. This time we're taking a look at the tight end class. Now, as we've done with previous positional rankings taking a look at the quarterbacks, the running backs, and then the receivers. We've actually gone back, taking a look at the last five years, really seeing what's happened in the past to kind of predict what's going to happen going forward. This year's tight end class, we have as many as probably eight guys who could end up being a number one tight end at the next level. So let's go ahead and jump right into things. We take a look at 2018, right? 2018, we have 15 tight ends taken. This was the year that we just had Hayden Hurst, the lone first-round draft pick. Uh, there are the Baltimore Ravens, number 25 overall. Mike Kosicki, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, Jordan Akins as your day two tight ends. So we know what's happened there. Dallas Goddard has played well for the Eagles. Mark Andrews was a steal at number 86 overall. I think a lot of what you saw, those combine results, just, you know, didn't really wow you. I think some of the other guys really have better combines overall, but Mark Andrews clearly is the the gem of this draft class. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Michael Mayer, you can compare his stats a little bit um, there at the combine, the athletic profile to Mark Andrews. If, if I'm a betting man, I would still take Michael Mayer there in round number one. You know, I don't think teams want to make that same mistake twice with the guy who potentially projects similar to Mark Andrews at the next level. Will Disley coming out of Washington, going to Seattle in the fourth round. He saw some success there with, with the Hawks. Uh, Durham Smythe to the Dolphins in the fourth. He's still in the league. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, you know, he, he's, he was with the Cowboys. We know that he's left a free agency, big free agent signing. Uh, he came off the board there in the fourth round. Tyler Conklin is another tight end that's that's still sticking with the roster. Uh, you know, he, he came off the board in the fifth round as well. 2019, we had 16 tight ends taken, and that's where we had two tight ends come off the board in the top 20. Not just one guy from Iowa, but two tight ends from Iowa. We know that Iowa is a hotbed for tight ends, and we have one in this year's draft in Sam Laporta. TJ Hawkinson coming off the board number eight to the Lions. We know the Lions traded him to the Vikings. And that really creates a hole there for the Lions. I think they're going to have to draft a tight end at some point. Honestly, you know, brought, no, no offense to Brock Wright, but he's not a number one tight end. This is a guy that can really get it done in the trenches more than anything else. Uh, you know, Noah Fant then goes to the Broncos there at number 20 overall. We know he was a part of the Russell Wilson deal. He's now in Seattle. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, coming from Bama. Second round pick. Same with Drew Sample to the Bengals. Really hasn't panned out like I think people were expecting. Round number three, we saw a bunch of tight ends taken. Josh Oliver, uh, Jay Sternberger, Kahale Waring, guys that really didn't translate to the next level. Dawson Knox, though, out of Mississippi, 96 overall, 32nd pick in round number three. You want to talk about a gem, there you go. Foster Moreau taken there in the fourth round out of the you know uh, out of LSU going to the Raiders. That was a really a solid pickup as well. Uh, so that's really the 2019. 16 total tight ends taken. And when you talk about that, we've got eight tight ends that were taken in uh, the first three rounds of the draft. In 2018, conversely, you just had those five. So and they still have 15 tight ends taken. So 15 and 16 in the first two drafts there. 2020, the, the, the draft class here uh, was really lacking uh, to, to say the least. Cole Komet was the lone uh, in the first two rounds of the draft. 
uh, to be selected. Number 43 overall to the Bears. You know, we know he's the starter there in Chicago. Uh, then you had the Patriots taking two tight ends. It was a kind of a head scratcher. Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene. Uh, neither one of them are with the Patriots anymore. Uh, Josiah DeGuara is, is the lone tight end standing there with the Packers. Also a third round pick. Adam Troutman has seen some success there with the Saints. Uh, taken towards the end of round number three. Harrison Bryant, Albert Oebunum, a couple of guys that, that still show some promise there uh, to the Browns and Broncos, respectively. Colby Parkins has seen some time. Bryson Hopkins came up big for the Raid, uh, for the Rams, excuse me, in uh, in the playoffs down the stretch uh, during their Super Bowl run. Uh, so 12 tight ends taken there, just five in uh, day two of the draft, 2021. Just a 12 tight ends taken yet again. So you look at it and, and the strength of the tight end classes, uh, you know, back-to-back years with just 12 tight ends. Here we, we had, uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts was a generational-type talent coming out, you know, number four overall. The athleticism there that he brought to the tight end position, really kind of a unique talent. Really waiting for him to get going, though, with, with Atlanta. Now they, they have Desmond Ritter. Uh, throwing him the football. He's got uh, some additional weapons in there. They've got Drake London running the ball a little bit with Ty- uh, Tyler Algier and, and Cordero Patterson. they got to continue to get some weapons there and really be able to start utilizing Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, There's no reason why he can't be uh, in the upper echelon of the tight ends in the league. Pat Fryermuth, the lone tight end taken in round number two, going to the Steelers. Uh, Hunter Long uh, ultimately was was traded to the Rams. We, we know uh, as part of that Jalen Ramsey deal, uh, there are some questions about whether or not you know he's really committed to football. So uh, you know, that was a curious pick there, as, as high as he was in round number three. Tommy Tremble to the Panthers. You know, this is a guy I think he's a good role player for them, as is Trey McKinney, more of a blocking tight end than anything else. Uh, so again, five tight ends taken in the first two days of the draft. After that, uh, you know, you're looking at uh, Kylan, Kylan Granson gotten some playing time there with the Colts. Uh, Brevin Jordan to the Texans in round number five. Noah Gray to the Chiefs uh, also taken there in round number five. Last year, not really a a strong draft at the top, yet we still saw 18 tight ends taken. So I think there's really an appetite for bringing in additional tight end love. So I I think that's why we're going to see more guys drafted. I think we're probably expecting out of this, this year's draft class. 18 tight ends taken. And if you'll recall, Trey, Trey McBride was a top tight end taken, number 55 overall to the Cardinals. Only tight end taken in round number two. Round three, we just saw three guys taken. So that's J- uh, Jelani Woods, we know is going to end up being tight end one for, for the Colts. Uh, Greg Dulcich to the, Bron- to the Broncos, a guy that I think can still get the job done. Jeremy Ruckert to the Jets. And then in, in round four, we saw just a wave of tight ends. Uh, Cade Otten to the Buccaneers, waiting for him to, to really see what he can do. Uh, you know, Daniel Bellinger uh, to the Giants. He's one of those guys that has really started to step up his game. Now that you have uh, you know uh, Darren Waller there in, in New York, I think what's going to be interesting is, is seeing you know how that affects Daniel Bellinger. I think that's going to actually help him out as that number two tight end. Uh, you've got Charlie, uh, Charlie Kohler there to the Ravens along with Isaiah Likely. Likely is actually been the, the better receiver of the two to this point. Jake Ferguson's been a decent role player there for the Cowboys, all taken there in round number four. Then you have also you know, Chig Okwankwo going to the Titans. He's a guy that, look, you know, he was getting a lot, seeing a lot of action. I know fantasy uh, 
players really taking a look at Jaga Conquo there at that tight end spot. Uh, round number five, Cole Turner still developing as a tight end. Tegan Catoriano, really known for his blocking there with the Texans. Uh, you know, and Grant Calcaterra going to the Eagles as, as an additional uh, you know, tight end in round number six. You know, receiving weapon there, probably a third tight end. Uh, and then you've got you know, Cole Keith out of Minnesota. Nobody was talking about this guy as, as someone that was going to get drafted. And he was 39th, uh, 39th pick of the sixth round. That's 218 overall. Uh, really a blocker there in Minnesota. I think that's really what the Bucks were looking for with, with Coquif drafted him there in that spot, looking for that blocking tight end. So I think there are some guys in this year's draft class as well that could be that blocking tight end, and we could potentially see them sneak into the draft. What's interesting is over the course of these last five drafts, how many tight ends were taken in round six and seven of the draft? So if you look at 2018, just one in each round. 2020, we had two in round six, one in round seven, none in those rounds in 2021. We saw a run of tight ends in round six in 2022 with four, one in round seven, and then 2019, just one in round six, but then you have four come off the board in round seven. So, you know, really, for the most part, what you're seeing is uh, a lot of tight ends that are taken in the first five rounds of the draft. This past season, we actually, uh, the past draft, 2022, we saw 13 taken in the first five rounds of the draft. I'm looking at this year's draft class, and uh, you know, I, I see a lot of guys that we could end up hearing their names called in the first five, six rounds. It's just going to be a matter of really how this spreads out. So we're going to go ahead and go through really what I, I see in terms of you know some of the, the rankings when they're going to come off the board and uh, where they may be going and uh, even take a look at a few other guys on top of that group so I, I, when I look at that tight end group we've got three tight ends that, that could potentially come off the board in round number one Dalton Kincaid Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington and that would be the first time that we've seen three tight ends come off the board in round one since 2017 with OJ Howard Evan Ingram and David Njoku came off the board. Uh, 19, 23, and 29 overall to the Bucks, Giants, and Browns. When you look at this draft class, you know, you've, you've got a little bit of everything, right? You've got Dalton Kincaid, who is the, the superior uh, receiver. You've got Michael Mayer, who is uh, your all-around tight end, really that that Y that you're looking for. And then Darnell Washington, it looks like you know he, he's going to be another offensive lineman out there, but some surprising athleticism that we saw at the Combine. He's really uh, a physical freak, really used more as a blocker there for uh, for the Bulldogs. So really, you know, that's more of a projection than anything else. What can he do for your team at the, at the next level? Um, so when we look at it, I think Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer, it's going to be interesting to see where these two guys go. Um, I, I still have Dalton Kincaid a little bit ahead of Michael Mayer in terms of where they're going to come off the board in the draft. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, 6'4", 246 pounds. And, you know, you put on the film and you see – you know, you see the speed, you see his route running ability. Um, you know, when, when healthy, this guy, he was a favorite target of, of Cam Rising there at Utah. 70 passes, eight, 890 yards, eight touchdowns. If you just put on the film against USC when the Utes face, face the Trojans the first time around, you'll see a complete performance by a receiving tight end. Stretch the defense underneath, up the seam, to the outside, Proved to have incredible hands with a large catch radius, hauling in everything that was thrown his way. Dynamic, elusive after the catch. Finishing with 16 receptions for 234 yards and a touchdown. Really the biggest thing is, is can this guy stay healthy? That's the biggest thing. 
and that's where his draft stock could potentially slide. But I look at him, and I look at a team like, obviously Green Bay is going to uh, be highlighted as a team that needs a tight end. If anything, I would see Michael Mayer going there. I think they're going to want a, a guy that uh, is going to handle some of the blocking duties. I think Kincaid still has a long way to go from a blocking standpoint, but again, that superior receiving ability. Washington at 16. That's where I know a lot of Washington fans, they want to see a corner or they want to see an offensive lineman. When I take a look at, at Washington and their situation, you've got Logan Thomas there at tight end. And frankly, he's not a guy, he's, he's been solid for them, but he's not a guy that's going to strike fear in opposing defenses. Um, you know, and I think with, with Dalton Kincaid and what he was able to, to do at the, at the collegiate level, if he can bring that route running ability and uh, his ability to make plays after the catch, uh, to the Commanders in an offense that already has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, you know, just adding another weapon for Sam Howell there at the quarterback spot. You know, I, I think that could potentially be a landing spot. I, as I continue to look down the board, I think the Chargers are going to need another playmaker there at that tight end position. They've got Gerald Everett and Donald Parham. I think you could potentially add a tight end there. But I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys. And with Dallas, obviously we know that Dalton Schultz is gone. Um, no longer there left in free agency so what are you going to do if you're Dallas you've already brought in Stephon Gilmore you add a corner you bring in Brandon Cooks to replace Amari Cooper as a running mate for, for CD Lamb franchise tag on Tony Pollard so you bring that that piece in there and, and Ronald Jones to be his backup at this point it, it kind of feels like we're looking at that tight end position and uh, I think that'd be really a nice fit really be able to stretch the defense in a lot of ways and really give Dak Prescott another weapon there. If not Dallas, then I think you know Buffalo is an interesting spot, the Bengals, the Saints as well. So then we're going to take a look at Michael Mayer after that. So Michael Mayer, 6'4 and a half, uh, 249 pounds, ran a 4740 at the combine, just a 32 and a half inch vertical leap, not anything to write home about in terms of that explosiveness. But when you talk about Michael Mayer, he's really the most complete tight end in this year's draft class. And, and so he's not as explosive as, as Dalton Kincaid, but look, he's polished as a blocker. He's a reliable target in the passing attack. Uh, really physical inline blocker, plays with good leverage, quick feet, slides, picks up defenders, solid punch at the point of attack, good grip strength to sustain his blocks as well. As a receiver, he holds Notre Dame career records for a tight end in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Um, when you watch him, you know, he's never going to be a burner deep, but he's really tough on those short to intermediate routes. He's quick through his breaks to create some separation, really strong hands at the catch point, and then he's tough to bring down as a receiver. Again, I think Green Bay is probably going to want that, that complete tight end. So I, I think 15 could potentially be where he comes off the board, but I'm also looking at uh, the Bills, and that's where I have him mocked right now. You already have Dawson Knox there, but look, you, know, you need to make sure that you're keeping Josh Allen upright while also getting him another tight end option there. And when I look at at Buffalo, um, you know, I think that'd be a great fit in that offense. You know, again, you bring some of that blocking ability. You allow him to also block for, for James Cook and, and Damian Harris and company. Uh, I, I think that just brings another dynamic to that offense. Um, you know, Dal uh, Dawson Knox can attack the, the seam vertically a little bit more than Mayer can. Mayer can do a lot of that dirty work on the short to intermediate routes and a guy that's going to you know, break some, some tackles and get down the field. So those, those are two guys that I think are locks for the first round. Darnell Washington is interesting. You know, 
He's 6'7", six, six, 264 pounds. And when you watch him, watch his film, a lot of it is is the blocking. And really, because of his size, he does look like a six offensive lineman out there. And the real thing was, you know, you saw some glimpses as a receiver catching the ball, being able to run away from guys a little bit, be a weapon up the seam, some body, body control. But we really didn't know exactly what we had in Darnell Washington. Then he shows up at the combine and took it to another level, 4-6-4-40, a blistering 4.08 short shuttle that was second only to Jackson Smith and Jigba if we were including our wide receiver prospects. The length, you absolutely see that. Uh, you know, this is a guy, 34, almost 34 and a half inch arms. And, uh, you know, that 10 yard split as well. I, I forgot to, to mention that. That was a 1.57, uh, you know, which actually tied him with with, with Brenton Strange and, and Zach Kuntz, but, you know, very quick to get up to speed for a guy his size. And with all those long arms, still able to put up two, uh, 225, 21 times in the bench press. And when you watched him catching the ball, putting on, on a show, leaping ability, body control, making a one-handed catch, being able to keep his feet in bounds. This guy could be a red zone nightmare. He's already ex an exceptional blocker. If you watch the combine at all, you'll, you would have seen him pushing that sled. I mean, he moved that sucker. Not even Michael Mayer was moving it to the degree that, that Darnell Washington was. So the strength is absolutely there. I look at Cincinnati, and obviously Cincinnati, you know, they, they lost Hayden Hurts uh, and his 52 receptions. You know, really, uh, you know, this is a guy, I, th I think right now, you know, Devin Asiasi was really the only tight end uh, on the on the roster there for, for Cincinnati with, with any playing time, really. Then they bring in Irv Smith Jr. as a free agent. Um, but again, Irv Smith Jr., I think to me, is really a, a number two tight end. You get Darnell Washington in here. You know, obviously you need to take care of Joe Burrow. You've got Orlando Brown. You brought him in to, to shore up that left tackle position. We know it was kind of a work in progress with that offensive line, especially when Jonah went, Williams went down to injury. You've got Lael Collins on the roster as well. Jackson Carmen was having to fill in at left tackle. You know, they, they've got better depth on the offensive line now as a result of that. But having a tight end that can block, I, I think, is really going to be a key to their success. So, you know, I, I think Darnell Washington doesn't get out of round number one. Which then takes us to the second round. And I currently, when I look at my mock, and I'm, I'm putting together my, my latest mock draft, uh, and uh, kind of working through round number three right now, but uh, I look at Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, 6'6", 253. I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but when you talk about this, Musgrave uh, you know, shared time with Tegan Catoriano in 2021, suffered a knee injury that, that really cut his, his season short after two games this past season. So small body of work, but he's been impressive with the straight line speed, separates quickly. Uh, he's got the bloodlines, you know, NFL quarterback, longtime coach Bill Musgrave is his uncle. Uh, tremendous body control, concentration, strong hands, attacks the football in the air. Uh, needs to work on the blocking, needs to add some strength there to be a more effective blocker. But uh, the athleticism is unreal. Um, he's got really, uh, really big hands as well, nearly 10 and a half inches. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, the ability to haul in those, those the football, um, you know, it, it's it's not going anywhere. This is a guy that, that you know, you, you have some confidence with uh, feeding him the football. 
461-40, yard split, so the fastest in terms of getting up to speed as well. 36-inch vertical leap. To me, Luke Musgrave feels like the number four tight end. I think he ends up coming off the board in round number two. Now, this is where it gets interesting, you know, because we have some other guys that could potentially come off the board in round number two. Um, in my mock, I don't have any. I, I look at Sam Laporta, and I think there's a chance he can come off the board in round two, potentially to the Lions. I think ultimately the Lions take him in round number three. They could trade back into round two to get him. Uh, but look, Sam Laporta, 6'3", 245, ran a 4'5", at the combine, 6'9", three cone drill as well. So when you look at, at Laporta, um, he's definitely definitely an athlete, definitely a guy that, that knows how to uh, haul in the football and make plays. You know, he, he struggles with the blocking, which is kind of you know, surprising coming from, from Iowa. Um, but, man, he was a go-to target for Spencer Petras. Uh, impressive route running, ability to attack the middle of the field. Just as impressive was the ability to make the plays after the catch, as I mentioned. He was running through tackles, making, uh, you know, making plays, fighting for additional yards. And look, just put on the film uh, of the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. And, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. There was a quick throw over the middle. Moved well laterally, bounces it to the outside, broke six tackles, including a spin move to free from the first tackle. Gets down, uh, down the down the field, uses a stiff arm to shove a def uh, defensive back aside for a 27-yard gain. Iowa ended up scoring on the next play um, as he went down to, to the 15-yard line. This dude was, you know, lowering his shoulder into the linebacker, driving him into the ground, uh, back shoulder throws, adjusting to the football, plucking it with his hands. Uh, this is a dude that played with a torn meniscus. Uh, he tore it on on November 17th, and this guy was still just you know just a man out there among boys in terms of guys trying to trying to make tackles on him and just guys bouncing off. Uh, but when you think of Iowa tight ends, obviously Dallas Clark, C.J. Fedorowicz, Greg, uh, George Kittle, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson. I think Sam Laporte is going to be the next uh, Iowa tight end that we're going to see coming off the board. And uh, I think round two is a possibility, but I think the Lions, I already mentioned that they need uh, tight end help. And I think Sam Laporta can absolutely be that guy and end up being tight end number one for them. Which then brings us to uh, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. 6'5", 254 pounds, ran a 46940 at the combine. Uh, also put up 225, 23 times. Uh, this is a guy who I think is is a, a pretty solid all-around tight end. Uh, a guy that can block for you. He can be physical in that running game. Um, did a great job. Um, if you watched him against North Dakota State in the FCS championship, uh, you know, he was very physical at the point of attack. Uh, basically blocked down on, on a corner, pinned him to the inside, sealed him off, allowing the running back Isaiah Davis to get a couple more blocks. The other tight end in the guard ended up taking off for, for a touchdown. This is a guy, they always line them up wide and they're allowing him to make some blocks. Had a devastating block on, on a run play there by uh, Amar Johnson. I think the corner really wasn't ready for the block. Drills him to the ground and then ultimately uh, you know, continues to just dominate the guy while he's on the ground. Uh, but also really a, a nice receiver, excellent concentration, good hands, decent route runner. But I just love the physicality uh, as a blocker. And I mentioned that, that Green Bay wants to have that, that total package as, as a tight end. And if they don't go Michael Mayer in round number one, I think they can wait until round three and pick up Tucker Craft, and I think they'll be just as happy 
bringing him into the into the fold. He's a guy that that can really uh, bring that physicality to the running game with uh, the likes of, of Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon. So next, we're going to take a look at Luke Scoobmaker there out of Michigan, 6'5", 251. Uh, he himself, you know, ran a four six three forty at the combine. Um, really good speed for a guy his size. I mean, it's you know, very rangy guy. Um, a, a guy that can get physical. If you watch him in that in that Fiesta Bowl, uh, you know, first play, lines up at fullback, picks up the linebacker Jamoy Hodge downhill, and uh, Edwards cuts right off that block, first down the field for 53 yards. Um, you see the route running ability. Runs a corner route. Uh, afterward, you know, clears that linebacker, able to make the catch down the field, turns up the field for a 32-yard game. He did miss two two games due to injury. Um, injured his shoulder in the first half of, of that, that Fiesta Bowl game and didn't return. But with, with Schoonmaker, this is a guy that I, I don't think people were expecting him to be as athletic as he was. You know, I, I think he was a guy that obviously Michigan was a, a run-first uh, offense so you got to see a lot of the physicality and the blocking. Uh, 35 catches for 418 yards and three touchdowns. Um, but he really started to showcase some of that athleticism and playmaking ability uh, really after the season, when we got into the pre-draft process. I think he's a guy that could end up being a steal for, uh, for a franchise that's looking for a tight end in round number three. And when I look at where I think Schoonmaker could go, Commanders. If you know they're they're not sold with Logan Thomas, they don't end up taking Dalton Kincaid. Um, I've got them taking him at number 97 right now, um, and I just I look at the fit. Um, he'll bring some physicality uh, to the running game, obviously, and then as a receiver, really you know that development. You know I think it'll probably take a little bit of time, but he's one of those guys that you're you're expecting to see him start to take off. Obviously, not quite the athlete that George Kittle was when he was at Iowa. But look, George Kittle didn't catch a ton of passes at Iowa. But the thing was, was the athletic profile jumped off the charts. He was a fifth-round pick. I think Luke Schoonmaker comes off the board a little bit sooner. I think teams are learning from their mistakes, or at least they should be. And uh, so I think Schoonmaker comes off the board in round three and can end up being uh, you know, a, a starting tight end there for the Washington Commanders. Uh, I'm not compare. I'm not saying that he's the next George Kittle, but just saying that you know when you look at these guys, you know just because they're they're in an offense that is really known for for running the football, you see the blocking prowess. But man, they can catch the football a little bit as well. And George Kittle, man, you want to talk about a ferocious blocker? That dude loves to block. I mean, if you watch NFL films, um, anytime that he's mic'd up, this guy's having a ball out there blocking. It's it's pretty funny to, to actually watch. Brenton Strange out of Penn State. I actually had him coming off the board in round uh, round four, round five range, and uh, he's a guy that's been rising up draft boards. People have been talking about him quite a bit. 6'4", 253, ran a 4'7", 40, you know, which is solid for a tight end. 36-inch vertical leap uh, as well. And uh, with Brenton Strange, look, this was one of the go-to targets there for Sean Clifford in that passing game. Um, you know, 32 catches, 362 yards, five touchdowns. Could be a weapon down the middle of the field. Um, when I look at a team like like Miami, Miami doesn't have Mike Gesicki anymore. Obviously, any of these guys can end up going to Miami, but I think you know, Miami doesn't have a first-round pick. They're probably not going to go tight end in round number one, but I think they can wait. 
I'm sorry, with their first pick in round number two, but they can wait and end up picking up Brenton Strange in round three, possibly round four, like I said. But I think because of the chatter with him, you know, he may not be on the board at that point. Round four, um, you know, this is this one's interesting. Zach Coots out of Old Dominion. 6-7, and I mean, what's with the guys that are 6-7 running these, these quick 40 times? Man, a 4-5-5-40, 40 inch vertical leap, a 6-8-7, three cone drill, and then ran a 4-1-2 short shuttle, and he repped out 225, 23 times with 34 inch arms. You know, when you guys with the longer arms, that bar's got to travel a lot farther than some of these guys with the shorter arms. So, uh, obviously impressive there. And, and with Zach Coons, this is a guy, uh, you know, he still needs to develop as a as a blocker. But, man, he is a lot of fun to watch. And I, and I know that he, he was slowed by injuries in 2022, just played in five games, but put on the film of 2021. 73 catches, 692 yards, five touchdowns. A guy that can stretch the field vertically, has the ability to contort his body to make the make it, uh, you know an awkward catch look easy. Really a large catch radius, and uh, he's just a guy that is going to make plays down the field. Like I said, he's not going to be much of a blocker, but um, at least starting out. But you love the length, you love the route running ability, his ability to separate at times. Um, you know, comes back to the football could be a, a weapon in the red zone. Uh, Zach Koontz is the guy that I think could end up uh, really bursting and being one of those surprises at this year's draft. Uh, next on the list, we're going to round number five. You know, Koontz, fourth, fifth round, you know, probably feels about right there. Fifth round, though, I'm looking at Payne Durham out of Purdue. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, about Durham, runs a 4.8740, not overly spectacular there by by any stretch of the imagination. 6'6", 2.53, but this guy, he just he's a hard worker. He's a guy that's going to do a lot of the dirty work. And we saw that there with the Boilermakers, you know, kind of uh, embodied that that whole uh, that that, pro, that that program there. Played four years of high school lacrosse, just one year of high school football. Uh, this dude was a weapon on third downs, was able to get behind the linebackers time and time again, uh, be a physical blocker uh, as well, giving, uh, freeing up guys you know, for their cutback lanes, um, you know, a guy that can, can get vertically a, a little bit, um, ultimately able to get himself uncovered uh, and, and make a play on the football. Uh, difficult to bring down after the catch as well, can be a little, you know, be, bring some physicality. He's a guy that I think probably is going to be a number two, but could end up being a starter at the next level at some point. Um, then you have Cameron Latou. They're out of uh, Alabama. And when you look at Cameron Latou, 6'4", 242, this is the guy who started his career um, on defense, on the defensive side of the football, and has moved over uh, to offense. And he's another guy that could be a physical blocker. Um, you know, and, and he's developing as a receiver. I think he has a knack for just finding openings in, in defenses. Um, you know, 56 catches, 787 yards, and 12 touchdowns over the last two seasons at Bama. And uh, you know, he converted from linebacker to tight end um, prior to the 2019 season. And uh, a guy that just he's continuing to learn, continuing to develop. That's why I've got him rated lower. But look, he was a, a go-to guy when, when by, uh, Bryce Young needed to find, uh, you know, make a play. Cameron Latou was kind of a safety valve for him. 
And uh, so I think fifth round probably feels about right. There's some development that still needs to be made, but a guy that can absolutely make some plays for you. Uh, Davis Allen out of Clemson. Have him coming off the board right now in that fifth to sixth round range. 6'6", 245. Ran a 4'8", 4'40", just like Payne Durham. Not a guy that's going to be overly explosive. 38 and a half inch vertical leap. That definitely checks out. When you watch him play, he's a red zone guy. Uh, balls thrown behind him. He's able to reach back and adjust to the football and make a play on it. Um, you know, a guy that can be a weapon down the seam a little bit, but really the red zone, throw the ball into the end zone, allow him to go up and make a play. Really strong hands at the point of attack as well, or at, I'm sorry, at the catch point. Uh, so I, I think Davis Allen is a guy. Uh, you know, could he end up developing? You know, it's, it's something to where I think he's probably a second or third tight end at least starting out, but a guy who could potentially see himself as a starter, uh, at least a spot starter down the road. Uh, you have Josh Wiley there out of Cincinnati, 6'6", 248, 4, uh, 469, 40 at the Combine. This is a guy, I'm glad that he came back. There was talk that he might end up entering the draft uh, last season. He wound up deciding to come back to Cincinnati, and uh, I'm, like I said, I'm glad that he did. Um, 88 catches, over 1,000 yards, 1,062, 15 touchdowns in his career. Versatility there, can block a little bit, good athleticism, run after catch, and then uh, I think he can play H-back for you, maybe even line up in the backfield as, as a fullback. Um, really a complimentary piece there at that tight end spot. Uh, I thought he worked really well with Leonard Taylor, uh, another tight end that could end up coming off the board in this year's draft class. Uh, and then there's Will Mallory out of Miami. Uh, 6'4", 239, Duke can move, 5'4", 36.5-inch vertical leap. This is a guy that really burst on the scene as a freshman, and then you're waiting for him to continue to develop, and he just never did. So it's really, you know, our te when teams watch him, can you really get him uh, to un you know, really unlock that potential? You know, as a um, in 2019, 16 catches for 293 yards and a couple of scores, but that was 18.3 yards per reception. Um, over his career, 115 receptions, over 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. But he was just one of those guys that he, he just left you wanting more. And, and so, you know, but definitely a guy that can get down the field, uh, needs to just showcase that he you know, he could be a, a weapon on a consistent basis. I think that's some, something that we didn't see from him all the time there in Miami. Um, because of that, I think sixth, maybe seventh round, um, you know, he's a guy that, again, all these guys that we're talking about, you know, we said that we see as many as 13, 14 guys taken in the first five rounds of the draft. Well, those were 14 tight ends that we just covered. So all of those guys could potentially see them, their names called or hear their names called in the first five rounds of the draft. So if that happens, who could potentially come off the board in round six or round seven? Well, I mentioned Leonard Taylor, uh, 6'5", 250, physical blocker. Um, you know, he, he caught a few passes, but he really he's known for his blocking ability. But when we talk about a guy like Coquif coming off the board in round six, I think Leonard Taylor, because of that, has a chance to see himself drafted. Another guy is Blake Whitehart out of Wake Forest, 6'4", 247. You know, if we want to talk about the measurables, um, 4740, 163, 10 yard split. Um, has really small hands, just eight and three quarters. So you worry about that a little bit, both as a blocker and as a pass catcher. Um, but with, with Whiteheart, it's all about the physicality. He loves to get physical, he loves to really grind in the, in the trenches. You see that. 
Uh, decent athleticism as a pass catcher, though. 24 catches, 295 yards, and three touchdowns for the Demon Deacons. Really was kind of a uh, supplemental weapon, a guy that could end up stretching the seam a little bit underneath throws more than anything else. Um, you know, Noah Jindorf there at, at North Dakota State, 6'6", 263. Bigger tight end, a guy who, look, North Dakota State, they're known for their blocking. He's the guy that can get that job done. Pretty smooth on the underneath routes. Not a guy that's going to beat you vertically at all. Um, but he's a guy that I could see uh, taking off the board late. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about another Oklahoma um, jack-of-all-trades, Swiss Army knife, whatever you want to call it. Last year was it was Jeremiah Hall who ultimately didn't get drafted but was a priority free agent uh, to the Giants, I believe. Uh, but with Brayton Willis, 6'3", 241, this is a guy, you know, when you look at, at uh, you know the testing, didn't test all that well at the combine, but what he what he does is he basically does a little bit of everything. He lines up a tight end, lines up a fullback, H back, uh, was a wildcat quarterback for them. And you know when you needed a big block uh, to spring a running back to the outside or seal a guy off so they can cut back to the inside, Braden Willis was the guy that was doing that. Um, you know if you needed a, a key reception on a third down, this was the guy that had a knack for just finding ways to get open and. Uh, He's a guy that I wouldn't rule out um, just because of the versatility. Uh, you know, and look, 39 catches for 514 yards, seven touchdowns this past season. Um, really the, the most expanded role really as a, as a dedicated tight end more than anything else. Um, so he, he's just an intriguing prospect because of the versatility. You know, the question is, where are you going to line him up? But, uh, you know, so that's why I, I wonder if he will get his, you know, get himself drafted. But uh, a guy that, man, you, you want to have him on your on your roster because he can do a lot of things for you. Kyle Patterson out of Air Force, 6'5", 260. Look, Air Force, you've got to be able to block if you're on their offense. So that's something that I think Kyle Patterson does pretty well. Um, decent runner. Um, when you see him, you know, you talk about 260 pounds. Um, you know, he, he's pretty, you know, actually looks pretty lanky. I think he could probably even add some additional size to the guy. Um, but a guy that could definitely stretch the defense a little bit coming down uh, down the field. Um, really good hands as a as a receiver. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things. Look, Air Force doesn't throw the football a ton. But, you know, when, when Kyle Patterson was involved in the offense, um, he really forced you to take notice because of the athleticism. And really the biggest thing was the burst onto the scene there in 2020. Um, you know, 12 catches, 205 yards, and a couple of scores. Um, you know, only played in in nine games over the last two seasons, so that's really what's going to hurt him more than anything else. I also think about Travis Wokolek out of Nebraska. You know, really started off hot to the season, uh, this past season there. 6'6", 259 yards, and uh, I'm sorry, 259 pounds. And when you're talking about Wokolek, um, you know, transfer from Rutgers, ended up playing in 10 games there for the Cornhuskers, 20 catches, 240 yards, and a couple of scores. Um, but again, a guy that just couldn't stay healthy. So with Patterson and Bokalek, you know, the, the really the, the red flags there with the medicals and, and checking out, those are guys that you may bring in. You're just not going to draft them. A um, couple of other names to, to look out for. Mason Fairchild out of Kansas. 6'5", 251 pounds. I've talked about him previously on my uh, on my podcast that I wouldn't be surprised at this guy. Um, here's his name called at some point in the draft. Um, not not overly athletic, but uh, in his senior season, catching passes from uh, Jalen Daniels and, and Jason Bean, for that matter, as well. 35 catches, 443 yards, six touchdowns. Really a good blocker, but he was surprising, you know, surprisingly able to 
get down the, the seam and be a weapon, uh, stretching the defense a little bit and being able to get behind the linebackers. Um, you know, really a guy, again, not a big athlete, wasn't invited to the combine, but a, a guy that just always seemed to find a way to make a play for his quarterback. Daniel Barker out of Michigan State, another guy that wasn't invited to the combine, but 6'4", 241 pounds. He's a tremendous athlete. I think that's one of the things that really jumps off the film when you watch him play. Uh, you know, if the name sounds familiar, played four seasons there at Illinois before transferring to Michigan State. Um, 85 catches in his career, just a little over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, you know, a, a guy, again, when you look at, at the play there at, at Illinois, didn't see the field a ton, didn't play a full slate of games for the Fighting Illini. Uh, and so that's really, when you look at a lot of these guys towards the back end of this draft class, uh, injuries really hurt their draft stock, and you really wonder whether or not we're going to see them get drafted at all. But uh, you know, as I mentioned, when you get through Josh Wiley, you've got 14 tight ends. I think that you're going to see, uh, you know, there's a potential for Leonard Taylor, Blake Whitehart to get drafted as well. Maybe Noah Jindorf. If that happens, that puts us at 17 tight ends. Um, you know, if you want to throw in Braden Willis, maybe or Mason Fairchild, that'll get us to 18. Um, one other name that I want to mention at the FCS level, and that's Kimari Averett, uh, out of Bethune Cookman, 6'6", 260. He caught his first t uh, touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson in Louisville against Boston College, and then had a domestic incident charges. They were later dropped, uh, but ultimately was dismissed from the, the Louisville program. Ended up not playing in 2019. We know in 2020 uh, what, what happened really at the FCS level. Didn't get to play there as well. 2021, he bursts onto the scene. 51 catches, 876 yards. That's 17.2 yards per reception and 10 touchdowns. 2022 follows that up with another 40 catches for 450 yards, seven scores. And what you love about Averett is he knows how to use that big body to his advantage. He boxes out guys, elevates, can be that that 50-50 guy um, plays it really like a basketball player, going to body guys up and, and attack that football in the air. So he's one of those intriguing prospects. Obviously, you've got the off-field issues that you worry about, but he's one of those guys that I think NFL teams uh, would at least be intrigued by. Will he get drafted? I think the off-field issues, that's going to be something that uh, you know they, they would have to talk with him and be comfortable with. Uh, with that situation, really what happened and, and understand the player and, and really talk to the coaches, talk to him, talk to his teammates, talk to the scouts in the area um, that have gotten to see him play over the last couple of years, get to know him a little bit, uh, ultimately decide if they want to use a draft pick on him late or if he's a guy that you're going to bring in onto your roster uh, as a priority free agent. So those are our tight ends and that tight end draft class. Um, again, I think we're going to see as many as uh, – Eight tight ends come off the board in the first three rounds. Um, and again, as many as 14 that could potentially come off the board in the first five. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting draft class with that tight end spot. I think you've got quite a few guys that can end up being tight end one come week one of the 2023 season. I think there's, there's really a lot of talent here, a lot of guys that can catch the football. But look, a lot of guys that can also do some of the dirty work and do some of, the, some of that blocking. But I think really the... You've got Kincaid, you've got Michael Mayer, you've got Darnell Washington there at the top of that draft class. Luke Musgrave, just really a, a small body of work with him, but the athleticism is there. And then you know Sam Laporta, the physicality. Luke Schoonmaker, uh, the physicality to go along with the athleticism. Brenton Strange moving up the draft boards as well. 
Tucker Craft, physical presence as a blocker, but also a guy that loves uh, to make plays on the outside as a receiver. It's going to be a fun draft class. I'm excited to see where the tight ends go. So we'll go ahead and put a, a, a bow on this podcast, if you will, wrap things up with the tight end spot. We're going to then talk about the offensive line here in the next day or two, really get through tackles, guards, centers, who's going to be that top tackle. Is it going to be uh, Peter Skaronsky? Is it going to be uh, Broderick Jones? Is it going to be Paris Johnson? How many tackles are we going to have in round number one? Will Darnell Wright make it? I think so. Anton Harrison, there's a good chance. Will we see any interior linemen? Osiris Torrance, I think there's a good chance of that as well. Will we see a center? Uh, I think we're running out of out of spots uh, to see a center in round number one. I mean, if Creed Humphrey can't make a, a first round pick, then you know I, I don't know that John Michael Schmitz is going to be drafted in round number one either. But uh, he's a guy that I think will be a, a, an early second rounder as well. So a lot to cover with that offensive line group. Uh, so hopefully you'll stick around and listen to that. We're going to make sure that we're bringing these positional breakdowns here. We know that the draft is coming up on the 27th of April. And uh, we're counting down the days. We're just a little over two weeks until Rob, Roger Goodell approaches the podium, puts the Carolina Panthers officially on the clock for that number one overall pick. And uh, I, I'm excited. I hope you are as well. And uh, until next time, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Rake Shoots. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, I am out of here.